When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie Hale is back in the studio, the guru. We missed him yep. last week. We were, we had him replaced and almost replaced permanently, I say. <laughs> That's how good Jacob Andre was, the fitness guru, last week. But now we have the footy guru. Robbie, how was your week? Yeah, very good, Clarky. I went down to Catherine, got an emergency. I had to go down there for work. and Yeah, it was pretty good down there. And I ran into um, Doug Kelly from the old oh. Wanderers days. And the first time meeting him, and yeah, he's a big man, Doug Kelly. And uh, it's good to meet him, though. So, it was, yeah. Yeah, so I'm compiling the history of the TIFA and TFA, and they were in the element, the early Catherine side. Obviously, they yep. came into the NTFL uh, a few years after that. I think it was in the late 80s, and it wasn't overly successful for them, but they won the first ever TIFA Premiership back oh, when it was right. the NTFA, so they were the Catherine Kangaroos, and mm-hmm. Doug Kelly was one of the main men involved in all of that, and I think from what I gather going through the old news reports, he was a bit of a feisty character. <laughs> How was he? Was he fired up over anything last oh, week? Oh, mate, he definitely was. Um, he's an intimidating bloke. He's He's a bit bigger than me, and he probably would have you know, shrunk from his playing days. So you could tell that he would have been a pretty fierce opponent, opponent back in the uh, back in the old days. Hey, we don't have Raf in the studio, but we've got your ten-year-old son Sebastian, and yeah. he is looking a little worse for wear. He's got the eyes puffed up. Mm-hmm. He sent me a photo of him yesterday with the blood coming down both nostrils. Yeah. Sounds pretty graphic. Sounds like I'm describing a horror movie here. But yeah. what happened to the young fella? Oh, he just went in for a tackle, um, and his other teammate went around the other side to tackle as well, and they collided that way. So um, he was knocked out for a bit, uh, broken nose. Um, so we had to go to the hospital yesterday. Um, so we were there for a bit, um, which he was happy, though, because he was able to see some nurses. So that excited him. But, yeah, um, but yeah, it was an interesting under-12s carnival there, and the Sharkies. How are they looking? Yeah, look, they are probably looking all right. But, you know, they're playing the game on one-third ovals, and mm. when they go down south to Albury in August, they're going to be playing a full oval. Um, and they're also out on number two oval. But I think that's because the rugby league is going to be on number one next week. So it wasn't the best set up on that oval. You've mentioned a few times too, like, do, they, do these kids have the best preparation playing these 48-minute mm. games compared to what some of these kids are doing down south? Um, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, they take their footy more seriously down south. But you could sort of put that argument in, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Like, we've been speaking about it, me, you know, myself and you, um, you Clarkie, and we've been speaking about the disadvantages we have up here and where we need to fix it and then... On the week, not during the week, it definitely didn't give me any confidence <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> seeing what was happening. So the young fella is concussed. It's very topical mm. at the moment, uh, concussion. We had Sydney yep. Roosters as James Tedesco knocked out again last night. They reckon it's his eighth documented concussion. Mm. Uh, Kalen Ponga earlier in the season going through a few issues. And then you have on the AFL side of thing all the lawsuits that are going on. Have you ever been concussed, Rob? No, I never have been. I've gone back with the flight a few times, but um, with courage. Once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> once or twice. And I only ended up hurting the other person that tough. So... But no, I've never been concussed. But hearing stories, what you you know your concussion story yeah. that you mentioned, that you know it is a quite significant thing. And when I coached, I made sure that if anyone had any sort of concussion issues, I would just you know take them off and they'd be done for the day. No, exactly right. So I am up to three known concussions. Yeah, uh, I got my first one 
round one of the Ovens and Murray season down south. I thought I could take on a tackle of Dusty Martin style and got dumped on my head. It was, it was. I still watched the vision regularly. It was, it was dramatic. Yeah. And then uh, my second one, I was probably in even more unfamiliar territory, and that was randomly at an MMA gym, thinking that I was the next John Jones or something, and <laughs> was sort of going all right, moving around, thinking, hey, hey, I'm pretty tough here. And then bang, got kicked in the head. It felt like someone snuck up behind me um, with a baseball bat. It was that that powerful, yeah. and and that was the bad one, Rob. So I had post concussion syndrome for like three months mm. and it's the scariest injury I've ever had I was like yeah. wow I just don't feel like myself I feel completely different and that's what really made me take concussion very seriously yeah. um, and then I got concussed last year when uh, I ran into Nick Yaron's knee nothing nothing dirty about it um, he's a good tough footballer but yeah that thing that happens in footy mm. and um, and that was sort of better than my second concussion but still felt pretty pretty average for three weeks so look after the young fella you only have one brain it's a very serious um very serious injury, the concussion. Yeah. But hey, Essendon and Brisbane Broncos, your two teams are up and about, undefeated mm-hmm. at this junction. You'd be very happy about that as a as a Nuffy supporter? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Bronx are probably a bit better than the Bombers tracking, but... You know, I think Bombers, you know, we've had our share of, you know, early draft picks and, you know, if they if they finish around that, you know, 9 to 12 bracket, I'd be pretty happy, I think. But we need to keep building and getting back the package this week and uh, Sam Wiedemann, um, I think we should be all right against St. Kilda. I expect us to win. Yeah, I watched the reserves last week in the Bombers and I thought that uh, Ben Hobbs is very unlucky not to mm-hmm. get a game as well, had 35, 36 touches and a couple of goals. Hey, we do have some highlights of last night's game. The Brisbane Lions and the Western Bulldogs on AFL Nation, you're with Matt Hill. And solid as a rock, they went short to Coleman, but it wasn't paid, so Lobb then picks up the scrap, snaps for goal, and it's a reply for the Bulldogs. There are simply no excuses left. Eric Hipwood from the left forward pocket on the angle, threads it through. The Lions pen it back to two points. Time on at the final turn. Gets it to Baker, who barrels a high one to right half forward for the dog jugal. Hagen at the front, Norton has been able to clunk it and plays on quickly. Bacon goal square, wants it to bounce through. Williams comes through and takes the mark anyway. Williams extends the lead to eight, bangs it into the second row. And pass to Liberatore, looks inside 50. Hugo Hagen's going to take the mark. The night started with a goal from Jamara. And it may very well finish the same way. It has been a dogged affair. It's been a real scrap. It's what the Bulldogs so desperately needed. They answer the call and get their first points of the season. Jamara Eugle Hagen for his fifth goal. He's the headline act and he finishes it in style. Last night's game, Western Bulldogs 10-7-67, defeated the Brisbane Lions 7-11-53. A bit of an upset in most people's eyes. Definitely the story of the night was the performance of Jamara Hagen, kicking five goals after what was a big week for him. What was your take on that, Rob? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a massive um, game from Jamara, and obviously, Clark, you've been a massive fan of Jamara, and you've defended him compared to the other key forwards in the competition, and he's, his, what's his third year now, so... 
That's the sort of player he's going to be, though, isn't it? Um, mm. A genuine match winner, and he's going to probably do that four or five times a season, go out and kick four or five goals. I mean, did you see it that way as well? Well, for sure. I think, uh, obviously, the comparisons are always going to be between Hugo uh, Hagen, Riley Philthorpe, and Logan McDonald, the big key mm. forwards that were all drafted in the top five that year. Um, I think that Hugo Hagen sits probably above those other two, which could be somewhat controversial, especially with Logan McDonald, who's kicked seven goals already this year. But Hugo Hagen already has that bag of five last year against Melbourne and a bag of five against Brisbane. These are two teams that are generally entrenched in the top four. So uh, McDonald, of course, kicked five last week, but that was against Hawthorne, so a little bit of a different story. Um, Hugo Hagen also has that really tall forward line that he has to contend with as well, with Aaron Norton and Rory Lobb in his space. And you could question whether that's the best development for a bloke like that to, to sort of have to work in a forward line within those parameters. But I think Hugo Hagen's an absolute star. He um, is, you know, reminiscent of Buddy Franklin at times. I think that's going to be a harsh comparison um, because he just, you know, he has a lot of differences to what Buddy was as well and, and probably isn't quite as good at ground level and, and with the ball in hand. But I think that he's tracking towards definitely being a top-line key position in the AFL. Um, it's not like the old days where you've got to come in and kick bags of five and six from, from the get-go or, or you know, good, yeah. um, you know, just sort of doing that two or three goals a week, if that um, is going to put him on the pathway to being one of the best key forwards in the competition. Yeah, definitely. And it is a quite, you know, especially with rolling defences and that sort of thing, um, you know, he, you could see, like, at times last night he had Harris Andrews on him and he's mm. still able to contest and a few times out of position and brought the ball to ground. And they're the sort of things that Luke Beveridge would have been pretty happy with. You know, like, the kicks weren't great to him a couple of times and he made up the distance, halved the contest, and then the uh, Mosquito Fleet the Bulldogs forward line were there to uh, clean it up. Um, I was very impressed as well with the Bont. I think he's mm. the best player in the comp, in my opinion, and he showed that early on. Um, his, his fantasy points weren't too high, but that was because he gave away, like, five or six free kicks. But, yeah. geez, he was very dominant early had nine touches by halfway through the first quarter yeah the I bond. agree the bond's one of those players where when he's up and firing he just looks like a level above anyone else mm. on the ground um, and he certainly showed that at stages last night you mentioned Luke Beveridge uh, and his thoughts on Jamara Ughagen this is what he had to say yesterday he's made of some pretty stern stuff so I think we all had no doubt that he'd be himself tonight and want to do the absolute best for, for the, his team and our team and our club you know but to see him play so well on, in such a tough circumstances was just so uplifting. So everyone's unbelievably proud of him. And it was more than just uh, responding to the critics for Jamar Hagen. Obviously, he had a very big week off the field. I loved his first goal where he did the uh, Nicky Winmar celebration, which is quite topical as well, given that we're really close to approaching that 30-year anniversary uh, mm-hmm. when that famous day at Victoria Park when uh, Nicky Winmar play, was playing for St Kilda. And this is what Jamara had to say on his goal celebration. So obviously I knew it was coming up to 30 years um, since Nicky Winmar did that, but it just came in the moment. And obviously I didn't know I was going to kick a goal tonight, so just the celebration just came with the, with the, I don't know, just the game. Well, I felt pretty proud to obviously going out there with all my mates that supported me throughout a tough week and then to do that in front of everyone it just hopefully makes a stance in a moment and hopefully people look back on it from 30 years now and say from then nothing's happened since and hopefully no one cops anything that I've been through. Put you on the spot a little bit, Robert, but who were your three, two, and one last night? So, obviously, the Bont has to be in there. Jamara would come into consideration. I really liked the game of Ed Richards. I thought mm. Harris Andrews in a losing team was a bit of a colossus down back, especially in the second half. I think he finished with 16 marks. Um, McRae and Liberatore did their thing. Who did you have as the most impressive players? 
Oh, geez, that's tough, Clarky. I'd have Bont with the three. I mean, I think Hugo Hagen gets the two, and it depends if you wanted to go Brisbane player. I thought Dunkley was good in patches mm. um, as well. I'd probably go Dunkley, but I, th- I could see how people could go Libba because Libba was a bit more of that grunt sort of player and, and sort of got him back in it in that second and third quarter. Not back in it, sorry, but lifted another cog in the second and third quarter, but the Bont was so dominant early. And I like those players that dominate early when the game's there to be won. How about mm. yourself? Or how would you look at it? Nah, look, I think... I would give... I thought Ed Richards was very influential. Uh, mm. We will go with Bont, I believe, probably mm. best on ground, um, just because of, like like we sort of touched on earlier, just his impact and influence that he has. Yeah. Um, kicking five goals in out of ten has to put Jamara strongly in contention. And I couldn't sit right with me not giving Harris Andrews at least one vote. Um, mm. I think he spent a lot of time floating between Norton and, and Jamara, who both had a big impact. So, you know, the, your first job as a defender is to defend. But I think he, he helped a lot of those forward thrusts for the for the Lions with his marking and particularly his intercept marking. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. So they've been a powerhouse. As much as they're still searching for the uh, the big result at the end of the year, we, we knew tonight if we could knock them off, it's um, it a great little milestone for us that we can leverage off. Um, and many, many contributors right across the board, but obviously some outstanding ones in, in Mara and, and some of his teammates had to. You know, I, I said to the boys, I'm torn between really celebrating the win, but also saying, hey, this is what we're capable of. SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, the Bulldogs had their backs against the wall. They needed to win last night or at least put in a really strong showing after being, I don't know if you would say one of the premiership favourites, but a team mm-hmm. that was expected to, to be around that top four mark. Um, a poor start to the season, but they've they've gone away to redeeming themselves last night. Are they too tall? So we have Jamara Hugelhagen, who we've already spoken about, Aaron Norton, Rory Lobb, uh, Sam Darcy kicked three goals in the first quarter in the reserves yesterday. Then you've got Tim English in the ruck, which is a no-brainer. You need someone like that. Um, Josh Bruce has been forced back into defence. But I thought, interestingly, when the game was on the line, their big money man, Rory Lobb, was put uh, as the sub. So did they draft too tall? Are they structuring up too tall, putting your coach's hat on? Yeah, I think they are a little bit. Um, but they're just going to have to rely on that forward pressure coming forward. But, yeah, it was a tricky one when they had Hugo Hagen and Darcy both there. And then mm. you got Norton. Um, I think some media have sort of spoken about how Norton could be lured back to WA in the future or something like that if those other guys are there and that could possibly happen they could just have too many tools in that aspect but it worked last night alright but yeah I think once subbing out with that option whoever's performing the least and Hugo Hagen could be that option as well um, moving forward Clarky. Yeah, we will talk about the Brisbane Lions too. They are probably the mm-hmm. story of last night um, but before that this is what Chris Fagan had to say after the loss. A bit of frustration I felt like we had quite a few opportunities to to kick goals that we sort of mucked up at the last last moment. In a, in a game that's as tight as that, you look back at all those little uh, moments in the game where you couldn't complete a play. When it's as close as that, they're the sort of things that you notice, you know, the, the plays you don't complete, the shots that you miss. So that's, that's the frustration. What is the go with Brisbane, Robbie? Sometimes they look a million dollars, usually when that game is at the Gabba. Other times they barely look like a finals team. 
Yeah, I'm not too sure. They don't look like they're that grunt sort of side, mm. do they? So the moment the pressure sort of comes on them. Oh, I definitely was in that basket having them and uh, Melbourne as premiership favourites at the start of the season. And now it's sort of, for me, it's going to Melbourne and Collingwood. Have you seen that one? Yeah, well, we will go through some of the other games later mm. on if we have time. But that was, so I've done my positives and my, my surprise was in a good way and my surprise was in a bad way. Mm. And Collingwood have been the one, um, you know, I'm not going out on a limb here, but that's been the team that's playing the most premiership-looking like football. Um, and I thought they potentially could have been a team that dropped off. We'll talk about them mm. a little bit more yeah, later. Yeah, we'll them, yeah. uh, for the Lions, I think that their midfield sometimes look a little bit one-paced. Um, mm. You know, Dunkley adds a fair bit to that team with his grunt and his tackling and, and his pressure. Uh, you got Lockie Neal and, and Zorko and these guys. Um, where do you think the, not, the Lions need to improve? Yeah, I think defensively they need to improve a bit more and getting back. Um, I know there has been some criticism that they don't pit. They sort of just worry about their own sort of players in the back line at times and don't sort of come across and help each other and that was sort of a bit... And Bulldogs made it that fight last night and it just sort of didn't go well for the uh, Lions. Yep. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.